You're listening to Ted Shuttlesworth's Faith Alive Network, spreading the healing gospel of Christ to our world. Thank you, Brother Steve. This is Brother Shuttlesworth, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And you're going to be blessed as you listen today. Go with me now into a live service. Verse 12 of Matthew 24, Jesus said, because iniquity shall abound. That iniquity, that's abortionisms, uh, the, the, the very forces that destroy life. That is the spirit of the philosophy behind the, mor- uh, the murder of unborn children. If you've had an abortion, God can forgive you of that sin, but you need to repent of it. There are people that have come in our meetings and they've cried at the altars and said, I've had many abortions. I prayed for a woman in one of our meetings. She'd had over three abortions. I said, sister, that's not the unpardonable sin. What you did was wrong. But I'll tell you two things. Number one, every one of those lives, whether it was a boy or a girl, I don't know, every one of them are in the presence of Almighty God, and their blood, though it cries from the earth, they have representation in heaven. They're there. Christ has redeemed their life. Amen. But I tell you the second thing, and that is there's not a sin that you could ever commit that the blood of Jesus is not powerful enough to cover that sin. And with those words, God delivered that young woman of that, that great grief and that great area of condemnation that the devil was using to try to tell her she'd done something so wrong that God could never forgive her. The great thing about the gospel message is this, is that there is forgiveness with God. Hallelujah. There is not a sin that his blood cannot cleanse and it cannot cover. There's nothing you've ever done that the mercy of God cannot reach forth and touch your life. Someone said to me one time, but what about the unpardonable sin? I've always believed that when you cross God's deadline, you'll not want to be saved anymore. You'll not want to have a thing to do with the things of God anymore. You'll not want to have one thing to do with the anointing of Jesus Christ. Why? Because the Bible says then your conscience become seared as if with an iron. But if you still have a desire to come to Christ, you've not committed the unpardonable sin. If you still feel the anointing on your soul, though you know you're not doing right and you're not living right, you've not committed the unpardonable sin. If you still feel something when the saints of God start to sing and the music with the anointing begins to play, you've not gone too far. Thank God you can still make a comeback like Samson of old when he lost his sight and lost his strength and lost his position as a judge over Israel. He lifted his sightless eyes to heaven and he said, Lord, dost thou remember me and will you strengthen me one more time? And like lightning out of heaven, the power of God came on Samson and he died killing more of the enemy in his death than he did in his life. Why? Because you can come back to God. You can be born again. You can be saved no matter what sins you've committed. Someone said, but I am an adulterer. I've slept with another woman. I've slept with another man. The blood of Jesus Christ forgives and cleanses you of adultery. Hallelujah. You turn your back on it. You say, I'll never do it again, Lord. By your help and by your grace and by your strength, I'm going to run on for Jesus. Hallelujah. Why are we getting ready? I'll tell you why. Because the church is building an ark. We're building an old ark and saying, Lord, one of these days soon, shortly, you're coming again. And I have faith 
that when the sound of that trumpet takes place, I will be ready to meet the Lord in the air. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus Christ in your life is so powerful, it's going to start spilling over into the lives of your husbands and your wives and your children. Hear me, Christian friends, some of you that are releasing your faith to see God save your loved ones and to touch your family. I'm just telling you, stay under that blood. Let that anointing go through you like lightning out of heaven went through Samson until your loved ones feel the power of God in you, until the blood spills over. Come on, lift your hands. I'm talking about the wonderful blood of Jesus Christ. If it can save you, his power can save your husband. If he can touch you, he can get a hold of of your children if he can save you he can save your fathers and your mothers and your sisters and your brothers there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ can you say amen hallelujah the coming of Jesus is sooner than you think hallelujah verse 12 tells us because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold listen there's people should be in this church today that live here that used to go to this church faithfully and regularly. Why are they not here? The Bible tells us, Jesus said it, it's because their love for Jesus has gotten cold. But the scripture uses a word here. It says wax cold. In the original language that the scripture was written in, that word wax means a progressive period of time expiring over a long period of time a change from being red hot to going to a place where you're ice cold how can a person think of this how does a person go from being on fire for God to a period or a place where they have waxed cold uh, not a progressive uh, march towards a condition of losing out with God, but a retrogression, going backwards. The Bible shows us faith always goes forward. But in that area of backsliding that Isaiah mentions and Jeremiah refers to in the Old Testament, it speaks of a retrogression, of going backwards. You don't lose your salvation overnight. It starts with a little thing. Jesus himself taught that it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's not a big thing. You may not be an adulterer. You may not be a fornicator. You may not be out there stealing from somebody as a thief. You may not be a drug user or as the Bible refers to it, a sorcery that has worked in your life through pharmacy or drug addiction. You may not be bound by these things. You might even despise those things. But in the little areas the devil begins to work on you and you begin to make excuses for why you don't pray every day like you used to pray. You begin to make excuses why you don't really read the Bible. Well, I don't read it every day, but I, I try to read it once a week. And you watch it. It starts out, you miss it every day, and then sometimes a week will go by, and you say, well, you know, every month I try to sit down and really get in that word. And a month turns into months, and months turn into years. And it doesn't just start uh, overnight with a final confrontation, and you say, that's it, I'm through 
with God, but it is a waxing cold over a period of time. The Bible plainly declares, forsake not the assembling of yourselves so much the more as you see the end approaching. That is a command in Scripture. And yet there are people that stay out of church and have excuse after excuse as to why they don't go. Some use their physical affliction as to why they don't come. But the Bible tells us there's healing in the presence of Jesus Christ. When I was a boy and my father pastored in the gospel tabernacle up in Mount Morris, they used to have a night on Sunday night where they'd bring those that were shut in, that were sick or afflicted and couldn't move or had problems. And, and, and Zelly Vance, my brothers will remember this, she was crippled in her right hand and her arm was withered up. She sat over to the left of the platform every service. And she had a husband that never would come to church much. He kind of just uh, gradually, uh, you know, got away from God. He didn't mean to. He loved God. But you see, there's sometimes that in the process of the anointing, that if you don't change when God moves you to the next level, the next thing you'll find is those same people that refuse to change when God's moving, they're not even in the house of God anymore. They'll find every fault as to why they don't want to come, whether it's they don't like what the preacher preaches or the music's too loud or someone said something to them and they take offense. It could be a multitude of excuses. But whatever the excuse is, the devil uses it as a foothold in that life to begin to pull them away from that red-hot anointing that God has imparted to them. And so you don't just backslide overnight, but you wax cold over a period of time because you fail to watch out for the little fire that spoil the life. I want to thank every one of you that are listening to Faith Alive Radio Network. I'm excited about this and I am looking for people to stand with us on a monthly basis as partners to help us take the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. I've used this saying for many years, our cause is Christ. Our compassion is for souls and our commitment is to the world. And no matter what nation of the world that you're listening to this Faith Alive Network, whatever nation you're in, you are a part of God's end time plan. Jesus taught us to go out into the highways and hedges and to compel people to come in. And by your support as a partner, you can help us do this. If you'll go to www.tedshuttlesworth.com forward slash give, you can sow a gift today to help us. <laughs> 